Good afternoon and welcome back to another Money Not Math conversation. It is Tuesday, September 27th, and I'm here with Nate Hazy, a local attorney in town, to talk about estate planning within your retirement planning. So as you all know, I talk about Money Not Math retirement planning most of the time. Um, today, I am not talking about retirement specifically. I'm more interested in helping you guys understand more about the estate planning things, which is why I brought Nate in. Uh, Nate, thanks for coming and talking to me today. What, uh, or please tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you. Well, thanks, Drew. I'm glad to be here. Um, again, my name is Nathan Hazy. I am an attorney in Thief River Falls. Uh, law firm is Eileen Sparby and Hazy PA. I started there about uh, 2013, right out of law school. I've been there ever since. So uh, we do general practice, uh, a lot of estate planning, a lot of probate, a lot of uh, business, uh, those types of, of things. Um, everything that uh, you can find in a small town. So um, pretty much everything, but I uh, really enjoy estate planning and, and helping people plan for a um, better future. So, Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So our goal is to make this as valuable as possible, as concise as possible, because as you know, I can ramble on for a very long time. So we'll jump in right away. When it comes to people doing their retirement planning, their insurance planning, their investment planning, and everything else that has to go with retirement planning and just planning in general or life, um, what options are available to them when it comes to making sure their money and their assets or their estate goes where they want it to when they're gone? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, really, we look at the overall picture. Uh, a lot of it depends on the type of assets. Um, what people have and where they want it to go. So there's a lot of different tools that are available um, in the toolbox. You have your basic wills, uh, there's trusts, and then uh, we've really come a long ways with uh, beneficiary designations as well. You can put a beneficiary now on land, you can put a beneficiary on your car hmm. um, or truck or, or mini vehicles. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of things we can do. And, and really what I try to do is, is get an overall picture of what type of assets there are. Um, what they want to do with it and find the best way to get it there. So um, sometimes that means doing a very complex trust uh, trust work that uh, is very detailed. And sometimes that just means calling someone like Drew and putting a beneficiary on a, an account. So it really just depends on on the assets and then the goal. Interesting. I had no idea that you could put a beneficiary on your car. That's uh, yeah, fascinating. The DMV actually has a document, uh, a transfer on death uh, um, document you can um, fill out and then you they record it. And if somebody passes away, it would transfer to the, the name beneficiary. I guess that makes sense. So with that, being more specifically with the insurance and investment angle, right, from a retirement planning standpoint, obviously people can just put the beneficiary on their account. So often I see people put like one beneficiary in their insurance or their IRA or their 401k. I always advise they put more than one because you never know when that person might pass away. But in addition to just listing a beneficiary, what common options do you see people utilizing to make sure that their insurance and investments are not only designated properly, but the overall estate will go smoothly the way they want it to once they're gone. Sure. Yeah. It's really about coordinating um, with their with their overall plan. Um, if you have a will that lists all your children as beneficiaries, but 
your insurance, uh, life insurance has one child name, that one child will get that entire account. So it's really about taking their planning, coordinating with the financial advisors and the insurance companies and, and making sure that, uh, that we're all in sync with what they have planned. So that's a big part of it. Um, there's also, depending on what they want, again, going back to kind of what their goal is, mm -hmm. um, making sure that money or the, the insurance money doesn't go somewhere we don't want it to go. Okay. Uh, based on their plan. So yeah, it's a lot of coordination and, and just making sure that everything is is set up the way it needs to be. Interesting. So to make sure I heard you right, your life insurance beneficiary designation overrides what you have in your will. So right. you have to make sure that they both are accurately representing each other right. and in alignment with what you want to happen. Exactly. Yep. yep. Any beneficiary would override, uh, the will would cover anything that's not specifically designated. So those um, those beneficiary designations are actually contractual. Um, they would, they would, um, yeah, override the will. That's extremely important for people to know. Have you, in your experience, dealt with a situation where a family thought one thing was happening, but another thing happened because wills weren't updated or for whatever reason, or yeah, beneficiaries yeah. weren't updated? Yep. You can, you see that, um, you know, where, where, yeah, you have something, somebody's name on the account, didn't realize it was still on there. Um, and now it goes to that individual. Um, you see it sometimes if there's divorces and things like that. Luckily, the state has a law that um, gets rid of those beneficiaries if there is a divorce. But yeah, it, it can definitely happen, um, especially, you know, older accounts. So maybe you have a life insurance policy you get when your kids are young and now you're old and you haven't even looked at it since that time. Well, your beneficiaries might be your parents or things like that that, you know, are, are gone. So that we, yeah, we do run into that and um, usually it works out, but it can be very it can be a bad situation if, if you have somebody on there that you didn't intend to. Right. And is it different for insurance versus investments, like IRAs versus 401ks and et cetera? Um, Beneficiary-wise, it's the same. So okay. Any, so if you yeah. designate a beneficiary that overrides the general will. Right. Exactly. So for people who, I, I personally believe everyone should have their estate planning done. And I also personally believe everyone should do the retirement planning. Maybe I'm biased. <laughs> However, we know that not everyone does. And I think one of the big reasons that is, is because of, it seems like a daunting task. It seems like it's a lot of upfront work. If you've never done it before to get your estate planning, get your trust, get your wills, get your living power of attorney, your power, all this stuff, right? It's right. Just, it seems like a lot. Are there alternatives for people who maybe aren't super wealthy, but also still want to have control of where their money goes when they're gone? Right. Or maybe uh, what's the simplest way to do that? Yeah, it really just depends on the plan. Um, I mean, we don't charge, I, I don't think, a lot compared to bigger cities, especially. Um, and we, what, what I try to do is make it as... Um, as simple as possible let's take the path of least resistance um what's the way we can get you to your goal without spending the most amount of money so um, we always have conversations about that and and it's a, a important part because i mean it is a small community and um everybody does need need or should have some planning and, and we're trying to make it so that there's no barriers for that causeway so um really just depends on the situation but usually you know less assets means of, of sometimes a simpler plan and that's usually not as expensive. So, okay. And I know for me personally, I'll speak, I'll speak to this and Nate was awesome and helped me out. Um, my wife and I, we, hopefully she doesn't mind me sharing this, but we weren't at a point in our lives where building a full trust was necessary, but we still wanted to have control over how things worked a little more specifically. So correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we build a provisional trust within our will that basically was a super cost-effective plan, but also, but 
sorry yeah super cost effective without being as maybe extensive as like a full-on trust right yeah so the what you're referring to is a, a provisional will and a or a provisional trust and a will um we do those a lot in situations where the children are younger um and if you happen to pass away and the kids are under a certain age that instead of going to the children it goes directly to this trust that's managed by somebody else so okay. uh, we utilize a lot of that especially with younger people um to prevent the, essentially prevent the kids from inheriting when they're 18, 19, 20, when they might make some bad decisions with uh, assets. So we, we try to delay that out. Um, we still provide for the kids, but um, at the same time, they have somebody looking over their things for them and helping them make better decisions, hopefully with that, with those funds. I think you hit on an important point there. So, so often I see people listing un people under the age of 18 as their beneficiaries. What happens if Mr. John Doe lists his younger child or children that are four or 10 or whatever age under 18 as their life insurance and IRA beneficiaries and he passes away? What happens to that money? Yeah, um, definitely not recommended, but every child is different, I would say. Um, Minnesota, the law is 18. When you're 18, um, you would inherit that asset. So if somebody's under 18, um, it, it depends on the situation, the amount of money, but uh, there could be a custodian appointed to manage those funds for the child, um, which is kind of like that quasi uh, trust. Um, but it's, it's, there's not as much, uh, you, you don't have any control over that at that point. Uh, you know, you're, you're gone and the custodian makes all the choices. Um, when they're 18, then they inherit it. So if there's a, a lot of money there, a lot of assets that that child gets it when they're 18 and uh, there's no rules, they can do what they want. And sometimes that can be okay. And sometimes it can be very bad. So I'm laughing because I can't imagine what decisions I would have made when I was 18, if I would have inherited, whether it's 5 million or $5,000, I I'm sure well, they wouldn't have been great. Right. Uh, you mentioned a custodian would be in control of that money. Uh, who gets to pick who the custodian is? Um, if there are no wills and anything in place. Right. Essentially, um, it can be court appointed. Uh, typically, that, that would be how it would be formed is, is the court appoints somebody. But really, you don't get to choose that. It, it's somebody that would step up and step in. Okay. Um, sometimes that can be very messy. And sometimes, you know, the closest relative would take over but right. uh, but the biggest thing is you you lost control over that, at okay. that point, so. so to clarify if you have your wills and or provisional trust or trust done if you have done your estate planning you pick right if you don't some judge somewhere picks who should be in control of your of the money you left until your kid turns 18 right and then your kid who's 18 and probably super mature hopefully makes good decisions right yes, exactly. <laughs> okay so that is uh that's an interesting concept. So I I think that does a really great job outlining really the options available for people who are doing their estate planning within their retirement planning or vice versa. Um, and if they whether it's cost effective or otherwise, is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you think would be valuable for people who take the time to watch or listen to this? Sure. To yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is there's different stages in life that require different plans. Uh, okay. You know, so when you're young like me and you, young kids, um, there's it's really important to plan at that stage. You, you're picking guardians for your children. You're setting things up so that you can control the funds if if you happen to pass away. Um, protect the kids going forward, basically. Um, middle age, you know, that's that's a different stage and different planning required. You might have some grandkids or things like that you want to look at. And then end of life or, you know, later stage, uh, very important to maybe update the plan and, and look at, can we avoid probate? Can we make this as simple as possible? Do we need to do some tax planning? 
um, those types of things. So really at every stage in life, it's important to plan. Um, and I have a lot of conversations with people that uh, we end up maybe not doing as much. Maybe it's a conversation where we say, okay, you're set up pretty well, great. Um, you know, and that's peace of mind. And um, so it's always important, I think, to, to you know, think about that and, and to plan. But um, yeah, I, that's, I, like I said, answer this question. Yeah, I really compliment you actually on the fact that you're willing to tell someone they don't need you. I think that's really cool because a lot of people will sell anything to make a buck, but I've actually firsthand experienced where you sit down with someone, you talk to them, and it's just not necessary to pay you for your services. And I, I actually have a lot of respect for that. Sure. And, and the thought on that is at what wealth, you mentioned tax planning, at what level of wealth or net worth do you consider it, and it doesn't have to be exact number, but maybe a range or however you feel comfortable answering, do you consider it necessary to do a state a tax planning within your, within your estate plan? Um, Minnesota is $3 million right now. That number has fluctuated almost every year, um, except the last couple. It's been stuck at three. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Uh, you know, some people want it to go up, some people want it to go down. But anything over $3 million in an estate is taxed. Uh, so anytime you're over that $3 million mark, that's where we look at doing some tax planning to, to minimize the tax or try to hopefully eliminate it. Um, yeah, uh, federal level, that really changed a lot too. It used to be quite low and now it's at 11.8 million, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, spouses actually, um, they made it, there's, it's called portability, but uh, you get your spouses if they don't use it. Uh, so really everybody, <laughs> if they're married, it's $22 million, which uh, really took a lot of people out of that window, which is a good thing. So we don't have to worry about the federal level. But the state level is still that $3 million. And the state level, it's if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. And so that's where the planning comes in, where we need to utilize both spouses. So instead of only passing $3 million tax-free, we can pass $6 million tax-free. Wow. Yeah. And that's where I lean on people like you, because it's every state's different. Mm -hmm. And I have clients in multiple states. So it's like, I don't, I'm not an expert. I don't have my law degree. I don't want to try to be an expert in this stuff. So I appreciate you sharing right. that. Um, with that, we're going to try to keep this concise and valuable. If you have questions, you can reach out to me, but also if people want to reach out to you directly, what's the best way to get in contact? Yeah, um, I would say just call my office, uh, check my number. Or yeah, I'll, whatever you're most comfortable sure. with. 218-681-7373. Uh, we can chat by phone. You can set up an appointment to come in, um, whatever whatever you prefer. So perfect. always always glad to hear. And I, um, Drew's got my email address too. If you want to connect with him, you can certainly send me an email if you have any questions. Thanks. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, as always, Nate, I, I appreciate you should give a disclaimer. We talked about yes. that a little bit. So um, this is not intended to be legal advice. Uh, biggest thing is everybody's different. Um, your plan, you know, is 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 unique to you. And so um, please don't take this as legal advice. If we're going to do anything moving forward, we need to sit down and talk and, and kind of figure that out. So um, that's my legal disclaimer. So. Absolutely. Thank you, Nate. I appreciate it. As always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate those who take the time to come and listen or watch. Uh, the Money Not Math videos. I hope today's brought you value. Please comment or reach out directly with any questions or thoughts that you have. And as Nate said, this is not legal, tax, or, or retirement advice. This is simply general ideas to consider. Please reach out to someone you trust with specific questions regarding your situation. Thanks and have a great day. Bye.